sports. If you want to be the best, there are no off days. Welcome into the No Off Days podcast, the Nod Pod. We got Chris Cato, BK's in the booth. I am Scott Smith, and uh, patriotism high around here uh, this week because it is Fourth of July week. So, uh, happy birthday, America! We love the Fourth around here. Um, do you are you do you get up for this holiday? You yeah, I'm up for any holiday, just about. Yeah, but this is. I mean, we've done holidays before. Isn't this in your? Was it top three? Was yeah, this was top three. Uh, no, I don't remember. That was like, what, 32 episodes ago. Yeah, uh, it's high, though. I mean, it, it's it, Fourth of July doesn't disappoint usually. You get, you get some time off work. You get some time with the family. You get some time with the barbecue grill, the pool, the beach, if you're lucky. Yeah. And then a fireworks show. Yeah. 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 A little barbecue. Wave old glory. Blow something up. That's how we do it that, in Florida. I, I, that's one aspect about Florida Fourth of July that I really appreciate is that it's not just a fourth celebration. It, it's all week long at various times of the day. Something will be popping and cracking in the skies high above. Yes, but I will say our fireworks selection in terms of what you can go to a store and buy, terrible in Florida. Oh, really? No, yeah, well, you have to I'm drive. I'm originally from California where they don't sell fireworks. That's so, right, because you have so th- this is much nature's better. fireworks. Sparklers here. I'm happy with. Yeah, so I guess this is an upgrade for that. But no, when you're from Alabama and you've seen real fireworks, yeah. Scott, <laughs> you come down here to Florida and you're like, what is this? This right. is a firecracker. Yeah, no. it's a tank of gasoline with a with a rope string Tell you what, I was actually in Alabama for New Year's Eve, and my brother and I went to this, you know, it's like a mobile home on the side of a road that sure. has all this high-powered stuff that I'm sure should That's not be That's how you know it's legal. good, right? You load the truck up with it, and you just... You know, you put on a show for the neighbors, and the neighbors could be 10 miles away, and they will see it. Uh, but, yeah, so you have to drive to the state line to get the good stuff. So they don't have the little whirly birds and the piccolo peats? No, they had no. these. They, we had a, a tank. Actual cannons. We had a tank, like yeah. a real tank. That, and I thought, this thing's going to be lame. It's got a little, you know, it's got the tank cannon. <laughs> and it, it shot, and it continued to shoot for, like, five minutes, <laughs> blasting out these fireballs. And it's spinning around like yeah. a like the sprinkler in the out lawn. Everybody. And we're hiding behind vehicles. But, Behind the gas tank of a vehicle, and which is really end, not safe. At the very end, it said, roll tag! So we, uh, yeah, and we lost all of our limbs, but it was worth it. Well, good. That was uh, 4th of July, what, ought two? You that made was, it. You made it this far. That's every year. Let's bring in BK in the booth. Uh, Brian, how are you on, on the 4th of July? Do you, oh, yeah, I enjoy it. You burn a lot of things. Do you do you set off, does the King family kind of host the fireworks display on the street? Or? There was a time when we did, Yeah. but those days have passed. But, uh, you guys yeah. became unpatriotic for some reason? No, the, the, the girls grew up. The girls up got older. And right? it was just uh, kind of yeah. me out there. And I said, it's kind of boring if you're just well, out you, there by you yourself. you running around with uh, maybe a sprinkler? A sprinkler? <laughs> or a sparkler? <laughs> yeah, he's but, the sprinkler guy. <laughs> right, let's put these out. It's dangerous, kids. <laughs> Dousing everyone's 4th <laughs> hey, of July It hasn't even blown up yet. Come on. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun, though. I enjoy it. And you, you're absolutely right about Alabama fireworks. Yeah, they're yeah, the best. They're right. Yeah, Georgia's insane. got some pretty good ones yeah. too. Darn I need, Georgia! I need to make that drive one of these years up there. Yeah, it's worth it. Yes. I've impressed my neighbors. Bring the, a big trailer. They'll probably <laughs> scoot me on out of the neighborhood after I do those. Um, all right. So what do we have on today's big program? Ooh, a great show today. We got Crazy George Henderson. Crazy somebody, George. Yeah. Somebody may not the name may not ring the bell with you, but I guarantee if you see this guy, when once you see him, and once you hear him. You'll recognize who this guy is. Oh, well, I, I have to admit out of the gates. I mean, this was this was an interview that I had been pursuing for a while. So I grew up going to baseball games in the San Francisco Bay Area, and this guy was always present. So 
uh, everybody, everybody back there knows who Crazy George is. And, and I think that once you, you hear him and see him, that you'll probably say, oh, okay. Because he's, he, you know, nowadays they hire out like super fans. They're, yeah. they're not only loyal to one team. They've kind of made this, you know, a, a new profession, so to speak. They, they'll travel if they're real good. And he was, he, he was the guy that blazed the trail. He, he was the regard. godfather of this, like super fandom. Yes, yeah. the, the godfather of super fans. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When you told me you were trying to get him, I was like, okay, I think I know who he is. Then I looked him up, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen him at, like, everything. High, I was exactly high energy same. guy. At least I hope he's still high energy. Um, yeah. So. I hope so, too. Yeah. I wonder if he still talks, like, in that gravelly voice. <laughs> we'll find out. A lot of yelling. A yeah. lot of yelling. <laughs> Yep. Well, that's a good one. Uh, Looking right. forward to that. Yeah. At the end of the show. End of the show, we're going to do mystery guest. Oh, goody. Yes. We get we get two guests today. Wow. Two, yeah. So Can we get a teaser off the top? or? Uh, let's see. You both know this guest? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so is, That's uh, so, a start. So, so we know the them. We personally know them or we know of them? Uh, you personally know them. Oh, okay. okay. This yeah. is good. Is uh, this guy? This isn't Paul Delgado again, is it? No, We've already done no. him once. Okay. Okay. All right. Is, uh, it coo- is Cookie coming in? Great mystery man. Oh, all right. So she's busy good. putting on her Fourth of July <laughs> attire right now. She's too busy for that. That would Very be good. good. All right. well, I look forward to this. A mystery guest. This means Brian didn't. He was too lazy. This is a holiday show, and he didn't want to come no, up with a game. No, he didn't do that. No, he didn't want to come no, up with a game for us to play. We got the calendar planned out. No, okay. he, he had to book the mystery guest, so I mean, he's putting in extra work. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thanks, BK. We'll Thanks, see you in a little bit. Uh, if you're listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching and you want to listen or subscribe, take out your phone, zap that QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner, and there you can find all of our shows. You know, when, when our nation's forefathers conceived of this new nation, Chris, uh, built upon self-evident truths, uh, we try to embody that in pretty much every show. So life, liberty, and the pursuit of podcasting is what we're all about. We do strive, however, for a more perfect podcast. So please subscribe, fox13news.com slash nodpod. So uh, with that being said, uh, all-star uh, fever is is high as well. It's that and time of the year, isn't it? It, yeah. it is that time of year. Um, you know, the, the Major League Baseball all-star game, of course, I, I think, for my money, it's the it's the best all-star game and maybe the most relevant all-star game. I, I like that they never they, they they took away the implication of having the, the, the World Series be hosted by the winners. Right. That was lame. Never made sense. Uh, but I it just to me, it's baseball still baseball. You're yeah. still getting pitchers out there. They're, they're trying to strike guys out. They're not going as long, you know, but guys are still trying to hit home runs. It's not like in the NFL. I don't think the Pro Bowl can exist honestly i don't I, think I, it should you in can't its current, have football no. you can't have football uh you know they when they've changed it over to like a flag football game. Well, no it's the skills competition now is what they did this past time which i actually thought was an improvement over how the game was being played like the game in the last 10 years really had just become a joke you know yeah. guys were playing flag football or you know people would get pro bowl invitations and then turn it down because they didn't want to get hurt or at the time they didn't want to travel to Hawaii where it was played for a long time. I can't imagine turning down a trip to Hawaii, but mm. um, not an NFL player. And so it evolved into, I think this past year, they just gave up and said, let's do this skills competition. And I watched some of it and it was actually pretty entertaining. Like these guys like were actually trying to compete against each other versus in the Pro Bowl game when, you know, they weren't, they weren't tackling, they weren't doing anything. So anything would be an improvement over what they had yeah i think uh the height of of what they reached was the dodgeball game that dodgeball was the best thing i'd seen 
from an NFL all-star standpoint uh, ever, probably. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. If they did some type of, like, uh, what's the show? The Wipeout show? Yeah. Like some type of, like, you know, you got to go dodge uh, giant boxing gloves and has nothing to do with football. Bring back American Gladiator. Right. Give them the big well, there you go. pugil sticks yeah, and absolutely. put them on a platform. All right. So we eliminate the Pro Bowl. Nobody's n- no. no hard feelings about that. I nope. mean, we don't need the week before the Super Bowl. You know, just go championship week right into Super exactly. Bowl Exactly. Uh, NBA All-Star Game. Do you have a, a strong opinion on that? The worst. Worse than it's the pretty, Pro Bowl, I think. It's, it's It's unwatchable. And I tried to watch. Uh, I couldn't even understand the format of this past one. They keep score by quarter now. So, like, I guess you bank points up to the end of the first quarter. Then they start over in the second quarter. They want the game to be close at the end is the point. Yeah. They want it to come down to a final but these guys don't play defense. It's just a, it's an exhibition, you just, know? Well, let it be just an exhibition of skills then. Just do skills. Three-point dunk contest. I think the dunk contest is kind of lame. They're running out of ideas. But I'll, I'm okay with that. You know, do some type of skills competition and just let that be it. Yeah. And I, then, I like the dunk contest. I would wish I wish they could get it where, like, the best dunkers would actually get in it, you know? Some of the, some of the big stars don't really compete. You know, back in the day it was awesome when you had, like, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Vince Carter. That's when it, it felt new. It still yeah. had that new dunk contest smell. Oh, but man. now it's like people are just doing, wearing costumes, and it's just silly things that have nothing to do with the actual skill of dunking a basketball. I and think. the 76ers actually called up a player from their G League team. What was his name? Because they knew he could dunk. I have no idea. And he won the he won the, Magoo, McGibble, McGillicuddy, that, and he won the he won the dunk contest. It's like no one had heard of him. Oh, it's McGibble, like, that guy. Yeah, McGibble. He's, he's off the charts. He flies like a bird. Um, yeah. So we need to do away. I, I'm fine with NBA doing away with the All Star Game. The NHL All Star Game is not. It's not bad. Uh, I don't really care about the game as much. Again, for most of these, it comes down to like the skills competition. I think the skills skills competition for hockey is fun. Like hardest hit shot. You know how many consecutive. Uh, goals can you stop as a goaltender yeah uh the you know precision shot speed skating like those things are really interesting i think it puts individual skills on display appropriately but the game itself it's just there's no real rooting interest you know they divide it up into divisions and uh, it's just not that fun but i know that the guys need to be recognized so just give the mid-season awards or the postseason awards however we do it uh in whichever sport and for most of them they could probably go away Let's yeah. keep the home run derby. What's another way you could recognize them, though? Like, what's another way? Okay, you're not invited to play in this meaningless game. So is there another way you could honor an all-star? Well, I mean, that's we typically already do that. And like, in the NFL, like, the all-pro is you – know, all these things matter. Like, being, they, yeah. being named, like, top at your position, that's the real reward. The, you're the saying, well, let's just itself. not play a game. Except for MLB. MLB. I we, like we the MLB game. It's mid-season. Like it gives it the guys now. a break. It, you know, yeah. it, it just it feels a little bit it's more good, nostalgic. Good. But I think all the other ones could probably go away. You have a skills competition at the end of the year. Then, yeah. I have an idea. Day. What if you, you have this ability now because this galaxy we live in is vast, apparently? Yeah. You're discovering we new. We found th- that out last week. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah. They're discovering new stars all the time. Okay. And you can actually, there are websites you can, where you can name a star after someone, you know, you can, because right now all the stars have names like XQ, Alludium, P3812, so depending on where it was found. So gotcha. if you're uh, the best wide receiver in the league, you know, now you are um, Justin Jefferson, Mike star. Evans, okay. you're the star. Okay, so gotcha. let's actually name a star after the all-stars. Uh, that's you like that's that? very clever. Yeah, absolutely. He uh, doesn't like that, that idea. Sounds, I like could tell. Of, sounds like a lot of work. He's jealous now of he doesn't have a star. All right, let's let's dive into the Major League Baseball season. We like their all-star game, but now can we 
passed over the halfway point of the season, maybe we give some like semester grades. What do you think? I and, like that. And we'll base it on what everybody was thinking at the beginning of the year, who they thought was going to be good, who they thought was going to be bad, and where reality really lies. So let's go with our good, bad, and the ugly. Cue the music. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So good. Uh, I, now let me just as a as a kind of we'll take these teams off the maybe you have them on your on your board. But, you know, teams like the Braves, we knew they were going to be good. Astros, we knew they were going to be good, and, and they're they're pretty good still. Uh, Rays, I thought, and I think a lot of people thought they're going to be good. I think they're better than, they wa- than everybody expected. But I don't have them in my good. I think that that already goes without saying. But okay. Who do you have in your good? I've taken a bit of a different take on it. I was looking at preseason expectations. I think the Rays are a lot better than people thought they would be. So I definitely have them in my good. And I have the Orioles there as well. Yep. Very similar to the Rays. No one expected them to be. They've got the second best record in the American League at this point behind mm-hmm. the Rays. Uh, and the Rangers, too. Again, exceeding expectations, getting some great pitching. Um, they Especially since they don't have Jacob deGrom. And they yeah. paid a lot of money to have him. And they did. Not yeah. part but of that equation. Nate Eovaldi has been awesome. Former and so... Rick. Uh, run production has been outstanding. They've had a little uh, trouble the last couple of weeks on the road. But, uh, yeah, they're above expectation um, in the American League side of it. Yeah, I would put on the National League side, I put the Giants in that mix. Uh, I mean, this team was 500 a year ago. They're uh, like double-digit games over 500 at this point. Um, and I think that they'll be challenging by the end of the by the end of the season. I think they'll be challenging the D-backs and the Dodgers. Uh, for the NL West. Um, and th- I think the Marlins have exceeded expectations as well. I think they, so, too. They, they were 24 games below 500 last year, and this year um, you know, they're, they're in the mix to be a wild card team. H- how so. about the story Lewis, is it Arise? Luis Arise, Arise is giving us chasing 400. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the guy just slaps these little loopers into shallow outfield all the time, base hit after base hit. Yuri Perez, one of their pitchers, has been – at this point, how like 27 scoreless innings straight. They've got uh, still got Alcantara, you know, who's great on the staff. Really impressed with the Marlins. I think that the Dodgers uh, have been disappointing. I, I would have to put them in my They're my in bad my bad ca- not ugly but my bad category okay. now, just based on expectation. All right, uh, I'll lead off on the bad then. Well, you kind of already did. Sorry but, about that. Um, I, I think again, when it comes to expectations, I think we all expected the A's, Royals, Rockies to not be good this year, and they, they've lived up to that expectation. The Red Sox, they're competing in a tough division, so I will give them that. Uh, I think their 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 offense has been pretty good. Um, the pitching side of things, I mean, Chris Sale has a fracture, so he's out. Brian Bello is kind of leading your staff. That's probably not good, especially if you have a guys like Sale and, and Kluber on your staff. The pitching should be better. I like their bats, but to this point, they've been bad, and I think that a lot of that is a function of just being in, in a really dominant division. Um, I got the Angels as bad. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's sh- another disappointing season. You have the two best players in baseball. Like, yeah. you, you really – I mean – I agree. Arguably, maybe. But, like, I think that, like, this team needs to be dominating. But, you know, when you compare a team like the Angels to the Rays, it, you know, how much money is spent and tied up in two major stars, whereas the Rays have not a lot of money and it's spread out pretty evenly among these guys, and, and how much more effective that is, how much deeper the Rays are right. as, as a team, both sides of the ball. So. Uh, but yeah, the Angels. You know, I don't know. I don't know that they make the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs in, uh, I think, a decade now. It's nine nine years. They have incredible. Not the They're slightly above five hundred at this yeah. point. Not good enough. You know, you know, I have in my bad category the entire AL Central. 
the the yeah. team leading it right now is Twins. uh is 40 and 40 and everyone else is is yeah, bad they're pretty bad it, i don't know that you know we expected a lot out of all those guys there i mean like you said we're not gonna we didn't expect the royals to be anything um you said oh this is this is a obvious ugly one here i've got to are we doing ugly guys? Uh, I don't I'll just say one more bad. Yeah. I think the Yankees have been bad. Yeah. I, I just, to me, the, the I don't know. They have decent pitching. They hit a lot of home runs, but offensively, is this is not a Yankees. They're offense. too judge dependent. Uh, they're too judge dependent. Yeah. When he's out of the lineup, he's they're not as good. You know, you said Astros you thought were pretty good earlier. Well, I, I think they I have think one of the best pitching staff still in baseball. I think they've been a bit disappointing though. The little, Astros. A little yeah. bit, but but I think that this team. I mean, they. I think they'll be back. They'll straighten they'll, it out. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be a postseason team. They do team. have great pitching. And the Yankees could be a postseason team, too. I mean, I, I think overall their record is all right. They're going to be they're gonna be in the mix at the end of the, the day. But uh, just a little disappointing. I think they have to find a way to have more consistent run production. They just don't get on base. Yeah. I mean, they, they can hit some bombs, but that's about it. Yeah. All right, so ugly. Who you got? I think that we probably have these all in common. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start with the Mets, they're right? The team it has to be. Okay. They they have the highest payroll by far, yes. biggest payroll, and they continue to invent ways to lose games in yep. horrible fashion. Yep. It's the bad news bears. Yep. Verlander, uh, I mean, I know he was slowed by injury. He seems to kind of have turned a little bit of a corner lately, but, I mean, they just – I don't know what the team does well. I mean, uh, other than, like, Polar Pete hitting bombs. He's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing his thing, but uh, this t- Scherzer is, like, uh, average – but overall, Verlander has not been great. Um, so yeah, it's disappointing, especially when you spend spend that much money. There's still a lot of time left. I got the Padres too. I think they're very similar, and they may be more disappointing because I I love the lineup. I, I yes. love like so many great names in that lineup: Tatis, Soto, Machado, um, uh, Bogarts. Like, yeah. th- I mean, this team should be so good, young, talented. Um, but they're just—it's not clicking yet. And but I think that again, that division is is very winnable. I think it the is. Giants will be in the mix, but I think the Padres could be in there too. I agree. Expectation-wise, Padres should be much better. And I'll put one more in there too. Just—I mean—they were just in the World Series. The Phillies have been pretty bad, maybe ugly. Yeah. I mean, yep. they've got—they've got a what you would think is a good lineup. Yeah. I mean, they—they they missed Bryce Harper for a big chunk of the season. I think that hurts. They had uh, what's his face Reese that. Uh, Missed the season, so you know, with an injury, so I, they've had some hard breaks in there. They might be able to get hot late. Um, all right, so our guest today is Crazy George, and so inspired by the greats, like if you had a Mount Rushmore of Georges, I mean, there'd be a lot of. <laughs> is, isn't there a George there on is, a Mount Rushmore? There is, in fact, <laughs> and it's Crazy George uh, with his big drum. Uh, no, so let's go a George versus George battle, okay? okay? And then you tell me which George do you like. All okay? right. All right, so we got George Foreman against George the Animal Steel. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Uh, one, you have the grill. Uh, we love the George Foreman grill. Everybody had the grill. Yeah. Everybody probably still does. Nobody still uses it, but yeah. It's still, still there. You may have two like yeah. I do. Uh, he made so much money off of that. The other, you have a man who ate. Turnbuckles. turnbuckles yeah it, he did not grill his turnbuckle before eating it no he ate it raw he was also well they're both bald um no well there, uh, there's a lot well, more back hair that's on what george i was going to say they're both bald on the head george the animal steel had hair he had back hair in his front he had back hair on his arms he was walking back hair gosh with george foreman 
there's this movie about him I really want to see. We're gonna have to go a lot quicker. Okay, you can't right. do this level of. All right, breakdown. sorry, George George Foreman. <laughs> give me George, give me give big George uh, Foreman. I'm going George the Animal Steel. Okay. One of a kind for sure. Um, all right, Boy George against George Michael. I'll go quick. George Michael. <laughs> I'll say George Michael, too. I only know one Boy George song. Which is the, the chameleon one, right? I'm a chameleon. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. All right, uh, let's go Curious George. Wait, real against quick. Can we say best George Michael song at the same time in unison? Uh, it's Careless Whisper, right? Like I don't, it has to be. I don't okay. know the names. All right. I don't know the names. What's the one? Dude about jit Is it Jitterbug? Yeah. Jitterbug. That's, that's when he was with Wham, right? Yeah. He gave us a lot of poppy stuff like that when he was with Wham. How about Curious George versus George Jetson? Oh, okay. Cartoons. Um, George Jetson kind of was, I think, abusive to Rosie the Robot at times. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go curious, George. Give me the monkey. He taught me so much how to fly a kite, how to rescue kittens, how to go to space. Plus, I had a curious George stuffed animal that was like my my stuffed animal. You know, you have the one. He was mine. So okay. give me curious, George. Well, no one's going to teach you how to go to space better than George Jetson. And he flew cars. Okay. So give me the future and George Jetson. Uh, George Clooney. Or George Lucas. Oh, more handsome? Uh, <laughs> Lucas. Oh, man. One gave us Star Wars, which I, I what a I, gift. I never jumped in on that franchise. So I know. Yeah, it's I, easy for me. I'm going to go Clooney. I uh, judge you for that. I'm going to go uh, Clooney as well because I think someone else okay. would have come up with Star Wars if George Lucas hadn't. But we only have one Clooney. Yeah. Okay. George Harrison or George Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. People are going to lose their minds, but... I've, we've talked about this. You're about to get funky, aren't you? <laughs> I don't. Get funky. <laughs> so the Beatles are not my favorite band, but I don't dislike them. Okay. But I just think they are. You think they're overrated? Yes, because of that. That's not to say wow. I don't think their music's good, but I'm just saying if I played you one of their songs and didn't say this was the Beatles, I think most people would say, oh, that's a nice song. Or played a, give me the whole Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts band. I don't know. I just think they're overrated, but I think. George George Harrison himself is underrated. If he no, oh, okay. here's what I'm saying: if he was not a Beatle, <laughs> okay. if he was not a Beatle, he would not have the cred that he does. Okay. Right? Do you see this guy just going out and having a career on his own? I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. I. I don't disrespect the Beatles as much as you clearly do. I don't. Uh, disrespect episode forty-one, them. the one where Chris says the Beatles were overrated. Uh, look, I. I don't. I'm. I don't know. I don't know anything about George Harrison, but I love George Clinton because I love the the funktastic. I like the the hair dye, um, and I and I want to get down with some yeah, funk. And yeah. how about Atomic Dog? Yeah, that's good. All right, yeah. uh, a George Steinbrenner or George Costanza? Mm, well, <laughs> one worked for the other at one point. I love the one where he thinks George has died, and he comes to, he comes to George's parents' home to tell them that. George is dead, and the, and all George's dad can do is, is gripe at him for trading, uh, was it Jay Buhner? How could you trade Buhner for, um, I gotta go, I gotta go, well, George Steinbrenner did a lot for Tampa with his sure. philanthropy, so but, let's let's go Steinbrenner. Um, but Costanza has done way more for me than George Steinbrenner could ever dream of doing, so I'm gonna definitely go George Costanza, and uh, the, unfortunately the cotton uniforms didn't really work out. Uh, what about George Costanza versus um, Opposite George? Remember the Opposite George episode? <laughs> oh, yeah. Opposite George. If everything if everything you do is wrong, then the opposite of that must be correct. Must be correct. What about Eddie George versus Jeff George? Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, well, I think Eddie George 
has more of a is he is he a Hall of Famer candidate maybe he potentially could be, could be. he's not yeah. yeah not yet yeah. Jeff George had a long career but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Eddie George I yeah. think Jeff is considered one of the most disappointing number one draft picks of I don't time. know the dude played for like 40 years I mean he, did. he was he was around for a long time and he still had a cannon until the day he retired how too. did this happen though in college he threw 35 touchdowns and 35 interceptions and how is he the number one overall pick I don't know well those interceptions are impressive can we get to our favorite George of the day it would be crazy George let's do it well Chris our guest today is one of the great Georges to ever grace the athletic arena uh no not as an athlete though uh athletics probably required uh in his venture but as one of the great and original super fan slash cheerleaders we welcome to the no off days podcast crazy George Henderson All crazy right. George. oh there he brought the trump <laughs> Oh, that is oh, great. That's the best entrance that we've ever had for a guest, by the way. I mean, my goodness. So, uh, so Crazy George, having you here for me personally is very nostalgic. So I grew up going to a lot of Oakland A's baseball games back in the day. So, like, we're talking 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, before I got to the Oakland Coliseum, uh, you know, I know I wanted to see Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, Carney Lansford, the, all the crew. Ricky. But I had to locate where Crazy George was in the stadium and you were there for just about every game how did you do it you were at every game i went to as a as an a's fan yes i was i was almost at all the a's games they actually had me for 25 home games but the biggest 25 during the season so i covered over more than half the, the fans that came to the game and i started in about 78 with them i lasted four years with the a's it was great, and that was the year in 1981 with the A's. I debuted the wave that's now gone around the world. Let's see, I can, told you, Chris. Can you? He invented the wave. When, People didn't listen, believe me, Crazy George, but you did. Crazy George, when he told tells me this yesterday and says we have a possibility of interviewing you, he I, he said this guy invented the. I had heard of you, of course, I'd seen you, but I said he he invented the wave. Like, how do you invent a wave? And and then I, I read about it and. I'll let you tell the short story, but yeah, this thing uh, kind of evolved, and then you did it at an A's-Yankees game, and I hope you're getting royalties. I hope every time <laughs> in, in a sporting arena somewhere <laughs> when people stand up and do this, money's going into your bank account. Is that the case? I, I wish that was true. <laughs> How did it happen? Well, it was a process, just like anything else. I really say I invented it that game, but I really I debate, I debated it. I, debuted it to the world that game because I was doing it at smaller venues for about a year before that. And there was only like 6,000 people at like Colorado Rocky hockey games. I was doing it at high school rallies, but I get to the Oakland A's game. It was nationally televised. I have it on TV. It was a playoff game. So I have video of it. Joe Gargiola was the announcer for that game. Mm -hmm. And he talked all about it. So that's the day I say I invented the way, but really that's the way, that's the day I debuted it to the world because after that it was sent around the United States. Then they started in Seattle at the University of Washington. They did it there two weeks later and then all the universities saw it. It started spreading around the United States. And of course it went around the world in almost every venue of the world in sports does the wave i think the whole world could collectively do yeah. a wave at once if you were leading it with that yeah. drum and for our audio audience i want to point out that oh, as we look God. at george in his office here he literally has a 
picture of a wave behind him, a giant <laughs> wave crashing. Along the right there, don't forget to tell him how good looking I am. <laughs> <laughs> Very good look. I mean, you have not aged, honestly. You have looked almost the same since I remember you back in the 80s at yeah. those Oakland A's games. But I got to know, like, how did you set upon this journey? Because, I mean, obviously you got upper body strength from banging that drum. I've seen you in the short jean cutoff, so I know you got some core strength as well. <laughs> did you ever play sports? Like, how did you make that transition into being a, a super fan slash cheerleader? Well, I was going to San Jose State and I was on the national NCAA national championship judo team for wow. six oh. years. And during that transition time, somebody handed me a drum at a game and I started hitting the drum and I wasn't a cheerleader. And pretty soon everybody at San Jose State was following me and then they elected me cheerleader. Well, that interfered with my judo stuff. <laughs> so I, I transitioned to cheerleading and then in 1985, Lamar Hunt, I mean, 1975, Lamar Hunt saw me with the Kansas City Chiefs wow. and asked me to do a game for him. And at the end of the game, he hired me full time. And I quit teaching. <laughs> that was it. I was a teacher. I was a pathetic teacher. <laughs> I bet you weren't. I bet you're short selling yourself. It's incredible. You were so you literally, and I'm looking at your list of different professional sports franchises you've worked for. You've been like a cheer mercenary. Like a team needs some energy, they need a boost in the arena or the stadium, and they, and they hire you. And you bounced around. My goodness, probably a list of forty, maybe more programs here college pro all kinds of levels yeah there. i've worked for over a hundred pro teams i've traveled around the united states i cheered in front of 25 million people can you give us a favorite wow. i know it's hard i know it's like picking a favorite child but was there a certain franchise you were with where the crowd uh just responded to you there, there was something special about it can you pick a favorite connection yes well, it's really tough. I mean, my favorite, of course, is San Jose State, my school. I was on the national championship judo team, and then I was a cheerleader for two years there. I graduated from San Jose State. It is my school. But for a professional team, it was probably, it, it's probably the San Jose Earthquakes, really? because that's the first team to ever hire me. It started me on my pro career. And it, it changed the face of soccer. The cheering was so phenomenal and soccer had never seen that before. I started with them and that gave me the entrance to Lamar Hunt saw me in a soccer game, asked me to do one Kansas City Chiefs game. And the game I did for Kansas City Chiefs, their first game was preseason. They lost 45 to nothing. And I was my first game and I destroyed the place. They lost. But, the players were clearly distracted. <laughs> they lost, but you won. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, you started in soccer, but in, in the what the back in the day, you did some rowdies games here in the other Bay Area here in Tampa Bay. Right. Oh, uh, I just love going. I love Tampa Bay. This was a new experience. I just started off in my career as a professional cheerleader. And they saw me at an earthquake game, and they asked me to come to the Tampa Bay Rowdies game. And there was a, and there was a Rodney Marsh was their star player. I came into Tampa Bay, and I'm not kidding. I, I, the crowd just went nuts, and they'd never seen anything like that. And they wanted me for every game where I wasn't doing San Jose earthquakes, as I was in 
under full-time contract with them. So I started doing Tampa Bay Rowdy games and it was such a great atmosphere there. I loved being there. And uh, the atmosphere was just a whole different ball game because I never seen weather like that. The first game, it was like a flood. And I had <laughs> like a monsoon. We were hit with lightning. It was fun. Welcome to Florida. Yeah. And yeah. As, you, as you look across, since you are the goat of the superfan, as you look across the superfan landscape now, is there someone with a certain team that you look at and you say, boy, I like what that guy does. He's got, he's got a spirit that I relate to. He could, you know, possibly one day uh, fill the shoes of the superfan Hall of Fame. I mean, we've, we've got the big nasty here at the Bucks games. The Chiefs have well. Let's not talk about the Chiefs' yeah, current superfan uh, yeah. situation. But there, are, there are many. Is there anyone you have your eye on out there that you really like, an up and comer? Gosh, I wish I would have followed that a little closer. But no, I I go around doing my business. I've really been retired for five years, but the San Jose Earthquakes keeps rehiring me every year. They call me up, George. We want you back. And yes, I've slowed up quite a bit, but I still got my drop in. Gorgeous, good looks. Ah! Wow. <laughs> he just ate his camera. <laughs> I imagine you sleep about two hours a night. Uh, you wake up, eyes fully open, you just jump out of bed. I mean, does the energy level ever subside? Do you sleep? I, I just, I'm curious. Well, I do sleep, but I, I, I just want to go back and I want to talk those early years when I was doing the, the Houston Oilers and the Minnesota Vikings. I went into these places unknown. Nobody knew me back then. There was no internet. And when I did a game, I told them, the team that was hiring me, do not advertise I'm coming. I will show up. I'll have fun. If you like what I do, I will, you might want to rehire me, but I never, ever announced who I was. I'd show up and they, by the end of the first half of every game I ever did, I changed the face of sports at that stadium. I got so much noise going that they never seen before. And almost every team hired me full time after that. They couldn't say no. The ultimate cheerleader. Can I take it back to where Scott started with the Oakland A's um, near and dear to your heart? As we look at where that franchise is now, and my goodness, uh, you, you go back through the decades with the, the teams they had in the 70s, and then, as Scott mentioned, the late 80s and the World Series there. Now we're at a point where it, it appears they're you know pulling out of Oakland, um, and we just see you know such a, such a sad state of affairs with the Coliseum there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that as, as, as close as you are? to the A's? Well, the A's fans have been so wonderful. I invented the wave there in 81, and then they only used me for those four years around 1981, but then they bring me back about every five or 10 years to do a, a nostalgia game or something. They, they brought me back for the 25th anniversary of the wave, the 40th anniversary of the wave, and it's just been great. And the, the fans are so loyal and it's been so tough. With their record, if they would have anybody spending some money on the team, they would be selling out every game. It was a great atmosphere. Back when I was there in 81 with Billy Martin, we were just having the greatest time. The fans love the team. And it's and that's the why the wave is so great. It interconnects the fans. Every fan is interconnected with each other to show support for their team. They're part of the team. And after I do a wave, 
the energy level right raises so high into the stadium that my next cheers are better and better than before I did the waves. That's what the wave does. It interconnects fans. They're just going to have to send you to bed. Can you imagine Crazy George on the strip in Vegas? I mean, just how energetic. What that? I mean, you might blow the, the roof off that, that place. Really? Sure. Yeah, that may be the last Except thing. Except for the heat. Yeah, I know, Except right? for the heat, for sure. Well, you did. You, you wrote a book, and we want to know a little bit more about this. So this is uh, still crazy after all these cheers. It is available on Amazon, on Kindle, on paperback. What's what are we in for when we when we dive into the pages of of still crazy after all these cheers? Well, I have a lot of sports stories. I got to tell you about some of my entrances. I once came in a hang glider into the game. <laughs> wow! This is I was on a tow line. I went. I was flying across the field. The guy towing me drove under the goalpost, and I was on a tow line. I couldn't go over the goalpost, so I had to flare out and dive under the goalpost. And guess what? The opposing team was there. Again, I smashed into them. Oh, I got to see it video. Is there, vid- is there a video of this? We got to find this. Oh, my gosh. I wish there was. In second, I made an entrance once with a lion. Think about this. I'm wow. coming in with, with the trainer and the lion at a camp, at a post, at a what was it called? Dallas Tornado Soccer Game. Okay. We started coming in. Now think about this. There's 15,000 people cheering and screaming. We get to center field. The trainer of the lion trips. The lion looks back, sees him on the ground. He's upset already because of the crowd. He attacks the trainer. No. And I'm standing next to him. Blood everywhere. I can't oh. believe it. No, really? You this watched a you, you watched a lion attack a man at a sporting right event. Next to right, were you at the Roman? Were you at the Roman Coliseum? Are you sure you weren't at the Roman Coliseum? Did the way it was just Coliseum. like it. Now he told me never hit the drum near the lion. I thought good advice, That's, but oh. he's being eaten on the field. So I take the drum, and he has the gall while he's underneath the lion to yell, "Get him off me!" <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he says it again. Wait, get him he, off. He, he wanted you to get the lion off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what do I do? The only thing I knew what to do. He said, never hit the drum around the lion. I went. <laughs> and the lion stopped eating him. You saved this man's life. at me. And this is not good. Now the lion is looking at me. I'm looking at the lion. There's blood everywhere on the trainer. And... The other trainer by then gets out on the field, grabs the lion, takes the trainer away, the other one, and they leave the field. Ooh, that was a good entrance. Well, that wow. is uh, one of the many stories that you will find inside the pages of Still Crazy After All These Cheers. He has lived the life that, uh, of course, is deserves to be written about. And, uh, of course, you were a big part of my childhood at Oakland A's games. It has been an absolute privilege Still banging the drum after all these years as well. I'm, I'm not sure how your neighbors feel about that. There's the drum, everybody! There he is, the great Crazy George. Thank you for joining us on the No Off Days podcast. How Be- about that? Best Fantastic interview set. ever. Thank you. My. Hey, thanks out there! <laughs> they love you in Tampa Bay still. Crazy George. My goodness, that was so good. And that was Crazy George on decaf. Can you imagine? Oh, my yeah. goodness. That was uh, intense, right? I am looking around to make sure there are no lions in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> or I need a drum in case there is one. Oh, let's bring in BK. I mean, that has to top the, the list of, of 
guests we've had on Very this program. Top. Yeah. Holy cow. And a good get. Good get by Scott. Though. Well, right out of the gates. I mean, he brought the drum. I was not sure. It's been a yeah. while, you know, but he had a reputation. He certainly, uh, in my estimation, he, he surpassed it. Yeah. yeah. We, we, well done. We're going to start just uh, trolling your childhood memories for our next <laughs> there's a few. podcast yeah, guest. There's a few. Who else would you like to talk to? Some, some more scarring than others, but Crazy George was great. So uh, I, I believe that sets the bar pretty high for our next guest, which we don't know who it is. It's BK, a mystery you, guest. Yeah, you, we've got our mystery guest back. Last time it was uh, Paul Delegato, our yes. chief meteorologist here at Fox. So we set the bar low. So nice and low. This uh, is above Paul. Paul he kind of quizzed us on some some made up uh, weather terms <laughs> that he he conjured up. So, uh, do you have some clues I for do. us? Okay. Okay. The mystery guest was born in San Francisco, California. Is it crazy? Is Crazy <laughs> oh, George? No, no. Is he here? <laughs> I don't think we can we handle it. We haven't heard him by now. <laughs> I thought I heard some banging next door. No. I thought it was the studio remodel, but. Okay. Uh, the mystery guest uh, went to elementary school in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, interesting. Okay. Illinois. The mystery guest's first car was a Ford Mustang. Okay. This could be a lot of first, people. I got to be honest with you. First race day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although lucky person, whoever this is, to get a Mustang as no their first kidding. car. I, I wonder if they were a military brat because of the relocation. Oh. Uh, you go from you go from San Francisco all the way to Illinois. Uh, I don't know. Can we get like um, like get is one it more clue? Male, female, like oh, that they might are, help. are they employed okay. by the by yeah. our, our TV station? Okay, the the last clue, the mystery guest met her husband. Her husband okay. through Fidel Castro and Pope John Paul II. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. I, I know who like the, like that was you know? I know who this is now. <laughs> like that like Pope John Paul and Fidel Castro like hooked them up? Yes. So I know Great somebody. Story. Yeah. I got okay. So okay. We got to get to it. Who's? <laughs> I have no idea. The Tato? things people did before Tinder. Right, um, who is it? it? It's Linda. Linda, Linda Hurtado. Hurtado. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Big reveal from. Ah, oh, it is Linda. I knew that was How about, too. I knew that was too. We gave it away. I'm gonna hold your chair. Yeah. Oh let, no. Let me. This is. Uh, I, it I don't has know what wheels. scares me more: sitting between you two or trying to. Um, Get up on this chair well, gracefully. Welcome, <laughs> welcome into the No Off Days podcast. I have to f start with this story. What Pope John Paul and Fidel Castro hooked you and your husband up? Well, we met because of them. They didn't actually send out invitations <laughs> to a party, but um, Fidel Castro invited the Pope to Cuba, and so families from Tampa went back for the first time in like 30 years because they opened it for people who had left Cuba. Gotcha. So we covered the story of people from Tampa going to Cuba for the first time in, you know, decades. And one of the families I interviewed was uh, Jorge's family. I interviewed his mom and dad, and he was there. So that's actually the first time I met him in the Plaza de la Revolution in uh, Cuba. Wow. Yes, I've yeah. actually been there when yes. we went for the race. So that's I've right. Been, yeah. Is yeah. that why you interviewed his family? Because well, you, who's this this cute gentleman over here? Well, that, that did cross my mind, but no. I, I interviewed his family because decades after the revolution, Castro was still dividing them. There were four, four brothers, and only two would go to Cuba with the parents. They wanted to see Cuba through the eyes of their parents, and they didn't know if they'd get another chance. But the other two brothers refused to go back as long as Castro was in charge. Mm. They didn't want to give any money to the Castro regi regime. So my story was basically that decades after a revolution is over, the leader is still dividing families. Yeah. yeah. Have you, has, has he gone back? Have you guys gone back since? Um, yes, he's gone back, and a couple of our kids have gone back, too. Okay. Just to see the country through the eyes of their grandmother and grandfather because I don't think those stories can be told by anybody else. Exactly. So it was important for us to take our kids 
back while they were still alive. Yeah, that it, my my trip was there was was short, but uh, mm -hmm. I was struck by how you could see kind of the skeleton of a very beautiful city at one point in time. Uh, I called it beauty and decay, mm -hmm. right? That's it, that's absolutely. Yeah. From a distance it's magnificent, but up close you see the electrical wires hanging down in the street and you know the, the asphalt broken crumbled. and yeah. all of that. The infrastructure is just not taken care of. Well, you that was a great assignment. <laughs> you had a wonderful was. assignment and met a husband <laughs> there and started a beautiful family. You guys yes. have, a, have a big family, mm -hmm. a wonderful family too. I know you're Thank so proud you. of your children. Um, your daughters are taking over the world one day, I'm sure. And in one of them, we've been fascinated to follow Jackie's journey, right. uh, is a pilot, which, uh, wow, we need more of those right now in the travel industry. Uh, yeah. So we're talking commercial, that's what she's getting into? She's gonna be a commercial pilot, yes. And it's really um, strange the way that all happened because every all of our other kids are in the medical field. We have a doctor, we have a nurse, we have a paramedic, and then the youngest one is gonna study psychology. But my father was a pilot in the Air Force, and all of a sudden Jackie said she would want to take one of these free flights, like, um, I forget what it's called, but an Eagle flight. And mm -hmm. so we took her up in the plane with a friend of ours. She flew, he let her fly it. She flew over Raymond James, all the way to Clearwater Beach, down across the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. This was her first time. Obviously, she wasn't totally flying the plane. He was helping her. But when she landed, she turned to me and she said, Mom, I, I want to learn how to fly. And she was 16, so she got her driver's license and her pilot's license the same year. <laughs> you imagine? That's the way to do she it. She found her passion, but I think I like to think my dad is up there flying with her and that um, I lost my dad when I was eight months pregnant with her. Oh. And so we always said that the colonel wasn't ready to go. Yeah. And so his spirit flew into my daughter, and, and she's just like him. We call her the little colonel. That is so beautiful. Look, I know what the stats say. <laughs> I, I, I know we're much more likely to for something to happen when we're driving a car, but are, don't you get nervous when she's, when she's I flying? I was her first passenger. When she got her solo license, I was the first person she took up. And I thought that was important. I had to show mm. my daughter right. I trusted her. And it was, it was really great. I mean, that was kind of when the shift took place and you guys will see when you go from being maybe the parent to the equal you, you know that shift yeah. happens and i'm like yeah. i can't fly this plane but my wow. daughter yeah. i'm not ready for that shift that's for sure <laughs> all right well already in your storytelling out here with us you mm -hmm. you speak beautifully uh, you. the beauty and decay was your description of cuba your description of your your father you know mm -hmm. flying into jackie uh, for P and this is not why you've joined us on this <laughs> podcast but i'm going to do it anyway you are an author too you're a writer uh i've read i won't say all of your books some of them are very Mushy, mushy, romancy. Not they're really. like a James Bond movie. There, you know, there's a little romance. James Bond always gets the girl. They get a little too hot and heavy. For they do. There's a little too much description of men's backsides sometimes for me. But you've you've taken a turn now. You just sold a lot of books for me. Thank you. I appreciate it. I wonder where you got your material. But so you've taken a turn though. Now you've got you've gotten in kind of a darker mystery. Yes. I read the last one. All the Broken Girls, right, right is out mm -hmm. now. Really good page turner. I mean, like you can get through this thing in two or three nights great characters uh, based on a news reporter so you know not a big stretch for you to, to bring that character to life and now you're coming out with the you're working on the second book. right the second book right now is called all the missing girls and it takes place in Cuba <laughs> imagine that I you know right under the name bond too. do you know the story of that why I write well, under Linda Bond well I I, I mean I think that it had to do with the fact that you I mean, didn't you just say you're, you write kind of like a James Bond? Right, but thriller. my uncle is James Bond. 
Your no. uncle is. He is. Pierce Brosnan? No, <laughs> I wish. Not the movie. Sean Connery. Not, not Sean Connery. <laughs> not the movie actor. Oh, Daniel Craig. That's <laughs> the one we like. That would be the James Bond I would pick, actually. Um, he was a law professor, but it, his name was James Bond, my, so my mother's maiden name. So I took my mother's maiden name because I write thrillers, and it just made That's sense, perfect. right, to yeah, go yeah. by Bond. That's good stuff. And, so. and you're... You, you know, you've been you've been anchoring for a long time. You've you've had the opportunity to work alongside some great professionals, um, that such as you too. Well, I was going to say, but now you have to anchor in the four o'clock next to this guy. How disappointing is that? No, listen, do you? Ha he's a great writer too, and so I pick his brain, and he actually helped me with uh, my last book, All the Missing Girls, because my publisher said take all the romance out of it, and I said I know just the person. I knew a guy. We need to write, to need to write a character for a country bumpkin. Uh, we, do you know anybody? That can we help need him? a guy who knows nothing about romance. No, Let's bring. Him I just in. told him honestly, when you roll your eyes, <laughs> yeah. put a check there and I'll take it out because you know I wanted it to be a true thr thriller that men would enjoy and so he there did roll go. his eyes a couple yes. of times. <laughs> Dial back the backside yeah. and then more, yeah. I got homicide you. detective I, looked I, good in jeans. Yeah, more, <laughs> more blood, less steam. How about that? No. Well, we know that you're a big uh, bulldog fan, but yes. uh, as Chris has uh, probably, he's kind of winked at me that we're out of time, so we can't talk about your Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> oh, no, how no, convenient no is that? No, we got to do that. I can see, I peel back the curtain. I actually have to get ready for the four o'clock news. You're already right. here. From, and I've already from read the, the show. So yeah, and, I've just, read, and I've read I nothing. So. But yeah, See, this is what I, I carry him for the like, you I, know, on podcast it's, days. It's pretty clear. <laughs> Not just podcast I'm joking. <laughs> well, look, you've been, um, first of all, a great friend. But our Bulldog, our Crimson Tide Georgia rivalry has been fun. It has Although been fun. I don't like how it's gone the oh. past couple of years. Do you yeah. think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the advantage for the next couple of years? Well, I Scott think, you're, yeah. I don't see what's going to knock you off the perch there. Do uh, I need to start coming up with some good bets that, you know, Yeah, I think you're too the SEC I think championship? I, think, I do think you're too kind to him. Uh, I think he tore up need, my baton. Hey, that was turn, delicious turn, yeah, to watch. Uh, twist that baton while you have the chance. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's good. <laughs> She's going to send me to Cuba. That'll be my next uh, For research for our log. next book. Yeah. Well, you might find a wife there. You never oh, know. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that would be a whole nother book. <laughs> oh. Well, we have to thank our mystery guest, Linda Bond, Linda Hurtado. Mystery. And yes. uh, it was great to finally get you on the podcast. Oh, and I love the podcast. I'm a big fan of both of you two. Well, thank you. We appreciate you kind of um, making that up for everybody <laughs> to <laughs> hear. But we, we, we love having you, and we love working alongside you. So that was a great mystery guest. Thank you, BK. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we have uh, big thanks to, to Crazy George. I, I'm you, you sorry it I out. missed Crazy no. George. Well, you balanced everything out. I have not tamed any lions, but I do work with you two. So. <laughs> not, a, not much of a difference. <laughs> and you don't have to beat a drum, but if you could knock him on the side of the head, that would be wonderful <laughs> as well. So, again, just pick up our podcast by going to fox13news.com slash nodpod or hit the QR code on the screen. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. Again, Linda, thanks for hopping in. It's been fun. Yeah, don't be a stranger. Come back anytime. For Chris, Crazy George, BK in the booth, and our entire NodPod crew, until the next time we are on, there are no off days.